Pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to episode 94. Today we're going to chat with Ivan Loomis, a.k.a. Kit Badger. We're going to hear another great knowledge bomb segment from Tate Mesman. I'll tell you something horrible that happened to me over the weekend. And we're going to discuss a product that is such a mouthful to say, I'll just wait until we get to it. I am your host, Ava Flannell. And uh, Ivan, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, thank you for making the time for me. All right. So before we get into it, let's talk about Manicore Arms. A lot of the products that Manicore Arms makes are parts for guns that are usually found overseas. And overseas, they tend to, you know, maybe like the safety levers or um, any of those like types of little little products that you wouldn't really think too much into, but they tend to be kind of rough. Whereas like people overseas typically are wearing gloves when they're using these levers. And then in the U.S., we don't wear gloves as much. So he's created safety levers for like the Bren, uh, the Scorpion, the the Tavor, all kinds of stuff. So if you guys want to head over there, they make a bunch of other products as well. Go to manicorearms.com and use the code GUNFUNNY15 and that gets you 15% off. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right. So for people who don't know who you are, like, what is it that you do in the firearms industry? I basically make videos. I have uh, my YouTube channel and website, kitbadger.com. And yeah, I basically post up videos kind of across the spectrum as far as gun industry stuff, uh, whether it's kind of product reviews, gun reviews, stuff along those lines, or just tips and stuff. And then also kind of blur the line. A lot of the stuff I do is actually outdoor related, kind of uh, backpacking and stuff along those lines also. Nice. So how long have you been doing this? Um, I started about three years ago now. Wow. And what were you doing prior to this? A lot of different stuff as far as like professionally or uh-huh. like, yeah. Yeah. So I spent a little over four years in the Marine Corps and then another four in the Air Force, did some law enforcement and then about six years of security contracting overseas over in the uh, Middle East. And yeah, I ended up leaving that and among other things, started Kit Badger when I left uh, contracting. And yeah, now I'm pretty much just just doing this. So what made you start Kit Badger? <laughs> so uh, a buddy and I, one of my good friends, Russell Bear, we were on deployment together and we just kind of kick around ideas and super cool dude. And um, one of the ideas we came up with was basically a review channel like a, that did video reviews with emphasis towards kind of like production quality and just like visually pleasing and stuff like that. And this was probably back in like 2014 or something along those lines. And we didn't do anything with it. Like he bought the URL, sat on it and fast forward 2016, 
I was leaving contracting because of, among other things, family, divorce, and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I, I mean, I was leaving contracting also, like, without a plan. That's how it worked. Like, I was just leaving. And I was like, well, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing, but if I'm going to be poor. Like, I'm going to be poor doing something I love. And so I started Kit Badger and also at the same time, like, just random odd jobs just, like, to pay bills, like, in the interim and stuff, too. And, uh, yeah, I just ran with it. And uh, I've, I've enjoyed it. Like, it's been, it's been and continuing to be a pretty awesome journey. So it was you and your friend that came up with the name Kit Badger and then he bought the URL? Uh yeah, we uh we were just bouncing stuff around and I don't remember which of us came up with the actual name of Kit Badger, but he's like, Oh man, and like it's not taken and it's like cool. And he bought it and just sat on it. And so when I started this up, I was like, Hey man, do you still have that URL? And he's like, Yeah, man, here you go. Nice. Transferred it to me and that was it. So there's there isn't a cool story behind the name. Uh, I mean, you and your buddy, you're probably drinking. You're like, "What well, sounds really cool and tactical and outdoorsy?" <laughs> um, that's pretty much it. Like we we were on a hundred day deployment, like sharing the same room, and yeah, we just bounce ideas off each other and came up with that one, and then didn't do anything with it, and yeah, eventually made it happen. So what is your main goal? Like when you set out to start this, like what was your ultimate goal? I mean, I guess my personal goal with it is to be an overnight success in 10 years, which three years in, I'm on track. I'll be there in another seven. But uh, as far as like the goal of like Kit Badger itself, kind of kind of three pillars to it like tenants or however you want to phrase it, but uh, one to kind of educate to the end of like product reviews or kind of skills tips, some of those videos and stuff that I put out. And then the other side of it also is hopefully to inspire people, which given some of the feedback, like I, I think that's happened as well. Like whether it's to get people out on the range training, doing things along those lines, or even just out into the back country and doing stuff like that. And then the last piece of it is hopefully entertaining. I don't know that my videos kind of nail all three of those every time, but as long as they nail one, if not two, like, yeah, I feel like I'm on track. Are you funny in your videos? Because you kind of have to be funny to really entertain. And if you want, you can take notes from my videos. Well, I appreciate that. It's very <laughs> magnanimous of you. It's funny. No, I'm, sure, I'm sure yours are, I mean, yours are like completely different where like you, like I've seen videos where like you hike, you know, like these crazy mountains and I mean, your stuff's like pretty intense. No, I, I think there is humor in there. Like a lot of people probably don't get it or appreciate it. Like it's pretty dry, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's me and that's just me being me. Well, your so. comments to uh, other people's comments on, on your channel um, are pretty hilarious. <laughs> it always cracks me up every time I, every time I see them. <laughs> Thanks. But yeah. sure, it's just annoying. Like all these people, it's so easy to criticize. Um, Cause somebody's like, why don't you, you know, you should have taken the picture at this angle. And you're like, Hey, I got news for you. Like, why don't you hike up, you know, <laughs> this huge mountain and in the snow and, uh, and you take that picture and see how well you do. Yeah. So, I mean, people, a lot of people want to throw rocks. Yeah. 
And yeah, I don't know. I People guess are silly territory though. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, it's one of those where if you do something and you put yourself out there, like, yeah, people detract. Yeah. People will attack you. Ironically, it's usually the private accounts, which are most vocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I, cause I do follow you on social media and it looks like you're always attending like really cool events or going on some pretty cool adventures. What are a few of your favorites or recent ones? Um, yeah, man, I, I, I do like, I, I've been really fortunate, like on a bunch of levels, like just kind of doors opening and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Most recently, I actually went back to uh, North Carolina to, I think it's called Oak Grove Technologies, this like training center and Surefire actually organized a like media training event back there. Oh, nice. And, it was it was amazing. It was uh, Bill Blowers from Taprak Tactical, and then Bill Rapier from Amtac Amtac Shooting, I guess it would be. And those were the two instructors. Surefire put on this amazing event, and then there was ten or maybe a dozen of us or something, kind of different people from the media space, like whether written media, like Ian from Recoil Magazine was there, uh, Mike from Mr. Guns and Gear, and yeah, all these different people. And yeah, like it was really, really amazing. Went through some really cool training with both those guys, both amazing instructors. And yeah, I got to put in some time with uh, some pretty cool products from Surefire. And looking forward to getting some really cool content out of it. But that was probably the coolest, most recent event I've gone to. Well, you forgot to include, you know, a few months back when we first met in person, when we went to Q. Also very cool. <laughs> yeah, you built your uh, fix there, didn't uh-huh. you? And that's when you were building the sugar weasel, correct? Um, yeah, I was, well, yeah, I was building my, actually was building my mini fix there. And then, uh, Nick, he ended up building the sugar weasel for me there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. And then what was it, what event were you doing a few days after that? And you were going to be shooting the sugar. (laughs) Yeah. Completely untested. Um, yeah, I was going down to the tactical games down in, that was the one down in uh, Meridian, Mississippi. So basically a two-day event, kind of, I don't know, basically a CrossFit competition meets like a two-gun competition and uh, a series of like six events over the course of two days. And yeah, really good time. Very nice. You know, I got a lot because we did, so we spent like, there was a few days. You were there for a few days. I was there for a few days. And um and uh, <clears throat> that's when I didn't know how to use my camera or anything. So I'm like, how does this thing turn on? <laughs> I knew how to turn it on, but I've always had like a cameraman. I never really took the time to learn anything. So you're probably like, oh, what is this girl doing here? But it was definitely really cool. And I like how Kevin allows people to come there and, uh, you know, and build the guns. And it was it was definitely a really cool opportunity. I think that's probably one of the coolest, most underrated things in this industry. Like hands down. And I get it. Like most companies probably aren't in a position to offer that Mm -hmm. or they're just too lazy to set it up. Like most companies could, I mean, they could basically just 
have a build room like over off to the side and have some of their people essentially walk people through it. But no, I mean, to be able to do something like that, like that's incredible. Yeah. That's huge. Absolutely. And then like just meeting everybody that worked there, everyone was really nice. Like we all had like lunch and dinner together and it was just, uh, it was a really cool experience. That's it. Like it's, it's an experience. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I, I would love to see more companies do something like that, even though they probably won't like stuff like that's cool to actually go have a hand in building something and actually get to meet the people behind it, like the engineers and stuff. It's, it's pretty neat. Yeah, definitely. Do you have like a mentor or someone that you look up to in the industry or are you kind of just doing your own thing? Man, good question. So I, I've kind of been a loner through a lot of things in my life. And, uh, in this industry, I've absolutely kind of came full circle to appreciate and recognize like how important like the networking portion of it is and everything like that. Like all those relationships, like they're super valuable. And as far as kind of the mentorship side, I've definitely met some good friends, which, uh, I super grateful to, to as far as being able to kind of bounce ideas off and stuff like that, or people who have honestly just been really instrumental in opening doors for me. One of those is actually Johnny from 182nd ideas. Super cool dude, like reached out to me when the channel was really small. Not that it's like really big now, but yeah, I got to be friends with him. He's introduced me to all kinds of people, like really, really grateful for that. And, um, the other person recently too is uh Mike from Mr. Guns and Gear. Mm-hmm. He amazing dude, like yeah. really, really cool. And he's one of those people that is like, people get in this weird place where they're like, Oh, like this is a competition. It's like mm-hmm. maybe some industries, not this one, like yeah. rising tide floats all boats. And especially on the video side of it, you will never create enough content to satiate people. Like yeah. it won't happen. Like people, people just want to like binge watch stuff and yeah. you're not going to create enough content. So there isn't like, there is no competition. Like that's, that's not how this works. And but he there is, are a lot of people in the industry that have that mentality. There are like, there's only so much wind to go around. Like what yeah, bullshit? Yeah. Like, yeah. no, that's not, that's not how this works. And he's really, really cool about like, Hey, here's how you do this. Like, here's, here's a roadmap to being more successful. And, uh, yeah, I was while at that surefire event, like I sat down with him and he showed me a bunch of stuff, like super generous with it. And, and it wasn't even like, Hey, Ivan, like here, I want to tell you the secret. It was kind of like, Hey, let me show you some cool stuff. And it's one of those where a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, that's cool. And like, won't really implement it. And myself, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, show me this. Awesome. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like I, uh, I definitely appreciate, yeah, kind of the knowledge and help that he has, uh, given me. Yeah. He's amazing. He's actually, I would consider him like kind of my mentor because he's put me in contact with a lot of companies that I'm working with now. He'll even just randomly send me a text and like, Hey, give me a call. You know, I want to talk to you about the video you just posted or, you know, he's just like, cause I just recently started a YouTube channel about, I guess now it's a month and a half, two months ago. 
And so he was just giving me just a bunch of information on like kind of how to grow it and what's important. And, and it's so appreciated because like you said, like in the industry, it's like, for whatever reason, people just, they think that they hold the secret to success and they just don't want to share it. And I hate that mentality. So. Yeah, it's this weird, I don't know, people get wrapped up in it and it's not the way things work. Like, yeah, I no. agree. So how long did it take you to see growth on your YouTube channel? Good question. Like, so the growth is always there and it's, it's a patience game. I mean, for me, it has been anyway. And I think part of it for me is... I've never really been frustrated because mm-hmm. my mindset has always been like, I'm going to be overnight success in 10 years. Like that's my plan. And so with that, it's like, cool, like this is the long game. And so just celebrate, celebrating every little, every step along the way. Like I remember when I had a hundred subscribers, I was like, no way, this is amazing. <laughs> and which it was, I mean, you, yeah. you started something at zero, like a hundred yeah. is big. And yeah, just like appreciating the journey and stuff too. And uh, just kind of cruising along. And then it's one of those also where it's like, it gets, it is basically kind of this exponential growth curve. Like it's, it's slow and frustrating at times, I guess, maybe. Cause it's like, man, like, why isn't it growing faster? But it, yeah, it just takes time. And then different little windfalls too. Like I had a video that, ended up going viral. I think it has like over half a million views now. And when that took off, I went from, I had just broken 15,000 subscribers on YouTube, which I was super excited about. Like I was, yeah, it was amazing. And then over the course of about two weeks with that video went from 15,000 to 25,000, which was pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, it's just, patience in the long game and enjoying the process. Mm -hmm. I hear you. It's definitely a patience and waiting game. (laughs) But I actually, I mean, for me, for my YouTube channel, I am actually enjoying kind of creating the content. And if anything, it makes me laugh. So I guess that's all all that matters, right? (laughs) No, I mean, it's one of those things where it has to be something you want to do. Otherwise you won't do it at the end of the day. Cause Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, yes, there is, like, the business side of it. Like, yes, I do want to have it support me, like, Mm -hmm. single-handedly support me through, like, not just, like, Google AdSense or whatever, but, like, as through different revenue streams or whatever. Like, yeah, I want Kit Badger to be able to support my lifestyle and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, it has to be something that you are – just really passionate and really into. Otherwise you just won't put in the time and effort required to get it there. Cause yeah, like it's, yeah, it's a long game. I mean, it's the same, the same thing with like podcasting. A lot of people are like, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm, I'm always just like, all right, good luck because there's a lot more effort than what you see. Just, Oh, I like to talk. So yeah, I think I could be a podcaster. And uh, yeah. So if you're not going to put in the effort, I give it maybe 20 episodes. If that, yeah, um, no, that's huge. Like putting in the effort. And then the other part of it too is uh, to create consistency also, <laughs> like is really important. One with whoever you are 
and or want to be. I say want to be because I some people definitely have personas, I think, that they maintain or try and maintain. Mm-hmm. But just creating the consistency of like, hey, this is who I am. Like, this is what I'm doing. And so when people see it, they're like, hey, this resonates with me and they want to come back and they know when they come back, they'll get the same thing. And then also the consistency side of, hey, I posted, like I uploaded a video or a podcast or whatever, like last month and now like three months go by and (laughs) that's where you lose people too. Yeah, definitely. I hear you. Um, So I know that you were experimenting with CBD. And yeah. you were kind of just publishing your findings like on your channel. Did you get any backlash for that? Just because I think it's sort of taboo, you know, mixing like anything that people a lot of times have a misconception as to what CBD is. So they associate it with like marijuana and stuff. But I'm kind of interested if you got any backlash for that. Yeah, no, it's uh it is like kind of a weird thing as far as the industry goes because it's like oh cbd that's drugs right and it's like oh well kind of i mean like caffeine and alcohol like yeah those other drugs but um yeah i think there's a lot of just misinformation and stuff which is really unfortunate because within the we'll say the gun industry like a lot of people are in it because of experiences in the military and law enforcement and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And ironically, kind of those demographics are probably in a really good place to actually benefit from stuff like CBD oil. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like just the information isn't there. So As, what sorry. have you found with um so yeah two things i will tell you what i found and then before i tell you that i will say i didn't experience necessarily any backlash or not that i was made aware of like i don't know if some people just unsubscribed or downvoted the videos or something like that i have no idea but most people were actually like really stoked and really supportive of that content. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it though goes with my audience in that, like for lack of a better word, my audience is made up of adults. It is like, I don't have, I don't have young kid gamers, stuff like that. Like probably just don't have the attention span to watch my videos. I don't know, but uh, no, it's, it's adults. And to that end too, I think people that, um, are kind of at least on some level self-improvement, like trying to be good and better versions of themselves and stuff like that. And that's kind of where my journey went with the whole CBD. And so as far as when I dipped into it, I was looking for essentially something to help with respect to sleep and because I wasn't getting very restful sleep. And then the other side of that too was something to kind of help with, uh, like some just stress and anxiety and stuff in my life. And all of those things though, to the end goal of honestly me just being a better father for my kids. Cause if I don't get good sleep or if I am like stressed out and stuff, yeah, like it translates into me not being as patient as I would like for my kids mm-hmm. and uh, which isn't fair to them. Yeah. And so over the course, I ended up uh, taking 
a couple bottles of the Uncana full spectrum CBD oil over the course of about three months. And I think I was taking, I forget exactly what my dosage worked out to, but it took a couple weeks. I feel like it took about two weeks for me to see kind of anything coming from it. But um, after, after the entire experience, looking back, I think it definitely, it definitely ended up helping with sleep, uh, just kind of more restful sleep, mm-hmm. and which is hugely beneficial. Like, I don't think people <laughs> understand how important sleep is. I actually just watched a TED Talk on, uh, yeah, basically sleep, and it being like a superpower for people. Yeah, it definitely, I think, helped me with respect to that. And then the other side of it is I think it did, in fact, help with uh, with stress some. And a kind of weird, I don't know if side effect is the right word, but someone mentioned was like, hey, how about tinnitus? Like, have you heard anything, no pun intended, but have you heard anything about how CBD relates to tinnitus? And I actually suffer from tinnitus. If someone doesn't know what that is, it's ringing of the ears. And mine, I think, is probably relatively mild compared to some people's. Like, it's not a constant thing for me or anything like that. But when the person brought it up, I was like, okay. Like, I, now that I'm kind of thinking about it, like, man, like, I don't know the last time I actually experienced tinnitus. And so from that point forward, while I was taking the CBD oil, I started logging my occurrences of tinnitus so that I could speak to it. And I did. And then after I stopped, I continued logging my experiences with tinnitus. And I can say absolutely, like, while I was taking CBD oil, the amount of tinnitus I experienced was absolutely less than it has been since I stopped taking the CBD oil. And the reason I stopped is to basically give myself a month or so to revisit it because I'm going to actually do a fourth follow-up video just basically talking about my experience now that I've stopped taking CBD oil and talk about any effects that I have noticed or anything like that. And I will say one of them is, yeah, like I've noticed more tinnitus since I've stopped taking the CBD oil, Hmm. which was probably there before I took it, but seems like there was a decided decrease while I was taking the CBD oil with respect to my tinnitus as well. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And then one last thing, what are your future plans? Future plans, like the next 30 minutes or the next Uh 10 years? Well, so you said you, you know, you have another seven years to become an overnight success. Mm Mm-hmm. But do you have anything scheduled in the works or are you just going to continue to do what you're doing? Yes, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. And now I have all kinds of stuff, uh, all kinds of stuff planned in the short term. uh, This weekend, I'm actually taking my boys down. We're going to go to a punk rock show, which I'm super excited about. Nice. It'll be my boys' first concert. We're going to go to see Rancid and Pennywise down in Boise, and that'll be really fun. I may or may not end up creating some content for my channel around that. Yeah, as far as kind of uh, other stuff throughout the year, I, I'm going to end up probably running the next, I don't know, I think three or four tactical games. 
throughout the rest of the year. The next one's coming up at the end of June down in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm going to be down there running that. And um, yeah, probably a number of other things as they come up. Probably doing some more training with Bill Blowers from Taprack Tactical. Hopefully some video and stuff there too. So that should be cool. But yeah, hopefully lots more stuff. Very cool. And then where can listeners find you? They can find me kind of all your usual outlets. My YouTube channel is Kit Badger. And then my website where all my videos get posted as well as little write-ups and stuff like that is kitbadger.com. Instagram is kit underscore badger. And yeah, Facebook as well, Kit Badger. Pretty much all those places. Very nice. And do you have time to hang out for the rest of the show? I do. All right, cool. Sportsman's Guide. So right now they still have that sale going on. If you guys want to check them out, go to sportsmansguide.com. I just actually picked up a bunch of uh, fishing equipment from them. My friend has a boat and you're probably thinking, well, you're in Colorado. Where are you going to go fishing? But at there's actually quite a few lakes uh, that are pretty decent size. So I haven't gone fishing in years. I'm probably going to make a video about it and put it on my YouTube page, but I'm really looking forward to it. I actually have always enjoyed fishing. Yeah, pretty excited about that. So stay tuned for the video. And now it's time for our AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as Never mind. AF. So the worst thing ever happened to me this weekend. I got pulled over and I was speeding, but I haven't gotten pulled over in like years. I think my last ticket was probably about five or six years ago. And that had just pretty much dropped off my driving record. And then, of course, I got pulled over. But it was really interesting when it happened because I. I was like in Woodland Park, which is in Colorado, and the speed changes. I think it went from like 65 to 45 or 60 to 45 or something like it just dropped. And so usually when that happens, there's always, you know, police officers right there, like trying to get people. And this cop, I don't really know how he was even able to put me on the radar because there was like a a firewall or something. But anyways, he pulls out right in front of me and I almost hit him. And so I like slam on my brakes and I'm thinking, oh, well, he pulled out in front of me because he's going to pull somebody else in front of me over. And instead he gets in the next lane and he stops. And then I stop to kind of like let him go to, you know, pull over whoever. And then he is still at a standstill, even though we're on the street and it's like a busy street. So then I start driving and then sure enough, he flashes his lights. So I get pulled over and pull over off to the side, like in a parking lot. And he's like, did you know that you're going 65 and a 45? And of course I'm just like, no, I didn't, which I, I mean, I knew I was speeding a little bit, which I tend to kind of do, but I didn't think I was actually going that fast. And I, I, I don't know. But anyway, so he asked for my driver's license and I go to pull up my wallet. And meanwhile, everything fell. Um, my purse like fell to the front of the car and stuff because when I had to slam on my brakes because this cop, you know, just came out in front of me and I almost hit him. So I like pick up my purse off the floor and um, I pick up my wallet and sure enough, a cartridge falls out of my wallet, like onto my lap. <laughs> and 
I don't know if the cop saw, but the person in the passenger seat went after I gave the cop my registration and insurance and driver's license. My friend was like, uh, was that a cartridge that fell out? Cause as soon as it fell out on my lap, I just right and swept it to, you know, between the seat and the console. Not like I was really breaking any laws or anything, but I just was like, uh, of course, like just icing on the cake. Anyways, I did get a ticket. Um, it's a little less than 200 bucks and just sucks. And I think I am going to fight it, but I don't know. I mean, Ivan, you have experience with law enforcement. Any tips? Tough call. (laughs) It's one of those where if you fight it, half the time the cops are too lazy to go show up to court for it. And which means you just win by default. You know what's weird though? Because I have like quite a few cops that are, or quite a few friends that are cops. And because this happened in Woodland Park, um, it's not within Colorado Springs. And so here in Colorado Springs, if you get a ticket and typically if you just pay for it and you don't fight it, they'll actually reduce, like I think they'll take off two points or whatever. So, and the reason why they do that is so that people aren't just like, well, what do I have to lose? I'm going to go to court and fight it. But in Woodland Park, there is no incentive to just pay it off and and take the points. So, I mean, it doesn't hurt at this point. What do I have to lose? So I am going to fight it and we'll just see, you know, if they deduct some points or something. Because the only thing that sucks about that is I don't really care about the the ticket so much is just your insurance then goes up and it just, it just skyrockets from there. So, yeah, so that's my AF segment. A cartridge fell out of my, my wallet. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my luck. And it's, and it's not like I like walk around with like loose, you know, ammo in my purse, but I was fooling around with a holster and doing a video and I know exactly where that cartridge came from. So yeah. Oh, well. All right. Sharps brothers. So they have the Jack in nine millimeter, um, actually, it's compatible with 9mm, 40, and 357 SIG, um, which is really tempting because I love just, I love pistol caliber carbines, especially after shooting the fix in 6.5 Creedmoor. I couldn't help but think like every time I shot, I'm like, cool, $1.50, $1.50, you know, because <laughs> I don't have an ammo sponsor. So it's like, uh, it just, it kind of takes out the enjoyment just slightly from shooting. Um, so I don't know the more I'm like, honestly, like two, two, three, even is like looking phenomenal lately. And, uh, and then obviously nine millimeter, but I would highly recommend head over to, Sharp, to Sharps brothers, check out all of their lowers. If you're not into, you know, the, the different, um, uh, the different kinds that they have where, you know, it's like a, a skull or a hog or they have a Spartan, they do have just the regular, I think it's called the live wire and that's really cool and just like really clean cut, has a nice open mag well. So I'd highly recommend checking those out and they're really affordable for what they are. So the Jack and 9mm is only $299.95, which if you think about it for as much work that goes into, you know, all of those lowers is actually pretty, pretty great. So check them out at sharpsbros.com. And now it's time to do some Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. All right. So Tate, he wanted to know what's the worst part about working in the firearms industry? And Ivan, I'm going to have you answer this question as well. But for me, 
I think it's mostly, you know, I love the people in the firearms industry. And then there's also a lot of people that I can't stand. So like when we have like the NRA show or shot show, there's certain people that I'm like, I don't mind if I go like the rest of my life without seeing their faces, but it's very like clicky. And I would imagine it's probably like this with, you know, with any industry, but I don't know, I guess, you know, I've, I've said this before being self-employed is great because I don't work for, you know, some corporation where I have a boss where I have to kiss his ass and make sure that I have a job. So it's like being self-employed is just kind of nice that I don't, I can kind of just do whatever I want. And, you know, and even my, my training business, it's not like I'm offering like poor customer service because I do think that the customer should come first. In fact, I have like five star ratings across the board. So I've done a really good job about that, but I just hate having to kind of like kiss ass in order to be like in the whole like good old boys club. So I would say that that's probably what I can't stand. What about you, Ivan? Um, I think, honestly, I think the best and, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the best and worst thing about the industry is the people. Yeah. It is like awesome I mean, people. There are some really awesome people. Yeah. No, there's tons of awesome people. But then the other side of it is, the people that the people that think they're like gatekeepers or whatever it is. And you'll have so much infighting within the industry where it's just like, Oh, well you have whatever, like you have your Springfield XD or you have your high point. Like that's stupid. It's like, you know what? Like person's exercising their rights, man. If that's the gun they want or if that's the gun they can afford, appreciate that that person is carrying and training with a gun period mm-hmm. and yeah like all that uh all that stuff like that stuff bothers me i mean just across the board where people rather than appreciating people exercising rights and yeah doing things within the industry just chopping people down because they're not doing it your way yeah I agree. And then I guess I also hate that people hate if you're more successful than they are. Like they'll cheer you on. And then the minute you start to become successful or more successful than them, then it's like suddenly they're not, they're not cheering you on, which I've experienced quite a bit as well. So yeah, it's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. And, uh, I mean, it's kind of like, I guess, a, a curse and a blessing, but I definitely have a hard time biting my tongue. So, and I won't, I will not kiss people's ass. I don't care. Like either I really like you or I can't stand you. And if I can't stand you, I usually just keep a distance. Like I'm not, I'm like, a, you know, I'm an adult about it, but it just, it surprises me how many people have this misconception about me or they're like, yeah, she's stuck up or she's a bitch, but like they never took the time to get to know me. And so that kind of bothers me, you know, that people just kind of automatically assume the the type of person that I am. But, but other than that, I mean, the firearms industry, I do love being in this industry. I do love majority of the people and I love training and I love being able to interview a bunch of different people and just kind of get their opinions about all sorts of, you know, subjects and stuff. And like, I definitely enjoy it. So I'm not complaining. All right, we're going to talk about Q. So I figured uh, now that I have you on the show, 
it'd be the perfect opportunity for you to talk about the sugar weasel or the mini fix, which you have experience with both. So what would you prefer to talk about? Man, both are cool. I guess uh, the mini fix, like okay. mini fix is pretty damn cool. I, I just shot the fix. Oh, I don't know. A few days ago. And uh, it was interesting. I, I mean, I really enjoyed it. In mine's chambered in 6.5, but I just don't have a ton of experience in long distance shooting. So I think with anything, once it becomes kind of, if it's something challenging, I'm not going to stop until I get the hang of it. So I'm kind of curious, like, so the mini fix, what is yours chambered in? Uh, so they have released and started shipping the mini fix, but the one they're actually have released is the mini fixed rifle, which is chambered in 224 Valkyrie. I think it's like a 24 inch barrel. Whereas the one I have is pretty much like alpha testing, like hasn't even really got into beta. I think mine is the second one. The one that I built is probably like the second one ever built. And it's a, it's chambered in 300 blackout, has an eight inch one and five twist uh, barrel on it. And it's actually a pistol. So it has their pistol brace designed by them, made by SB Tactical as well, which yeah, basically creates a really tiny little bolt action pistol, essentially. Nice. And yeah, it's like, it, it's literally just like the name says, it's just like a mini fix. What, uh, what optic do you have on yours? Um, right now on it, I have a, it's a Collis one to six variable power. And it's a really cool optic. Like I like it. I've used I've used the optic on a couple different hosts, just uh, trying out different ARs and stuff like that. And for the mini fix, for what it is, I think it's pretty much the sweet spot. Uh-huh. And a lot of people kind of look at the mini fix or this one in particular with the uh, 300 blackout, the pistol version. Yeah, and it's kind of like why? Yeah, because you, like you do like long distance shooting. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, what is that for? And first of all, when it comes to guns, I mean, because it's cool is a totally legit reason why Like at the end of the day. But the other side of it is when it comes to like hunting and stuff like that, 300 blackout is plenty capable. And I know everyone wants like a 300 wind mag to shoot their little tiny white tail deer. Yeah. Like shot placement all day long over caliber. Mm -hmm. And most game in the U.S. is taken, it's close. Like, it's like 50 yards. Like, yeah. most, almost all games taken, like, under 100 yards. Most people are taking shots, like, the edge of cornfields or from a deer stand somewhere. And especially, like, out east where everything's densely wooded, or even here up in the Pacific Northwest, I mean, you're shooting across maybe 100 yards in a, like, clear cut. Because it's just so densely wooded. And so something relatively short range that's really compact and, yeah, really lightweight. And then on top of that, by it being a pistol, you get around a lot of just a lot of stupid laws that we have around guns and stuff, too. As far as transportation or being able to have something that ultimately is short and compact because you end up carrying a gun a lot more than you end up shooting a gun. So weight and size are actually a much bigger factor than most people actually give it credit to. And uh, yeah, I think the mini fix is uh, 
it's pretty pretty damn cool along those lines. Not to mention being able to shoot suppressed. Like on mine, I have a uh, have the trash pan on it. That was going to be my next question because I yeah. saw you'd gotten some silencer. So how do you like that with the trash panda? I love it. It's great. I mean, I have the Thunder Chicken also, which is the larger of the two silencers that Q makes. Mm-hmm. That they're uh, QD ones that go on the um, bottle, or I'm sorry, on the cherry bomb. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge fan of the Thunder Chicken, the larger one, just because it's quieter. But on the mini fix, Trash Panda does great in part because I mean it does great period, but in part. Mini fix, there's no, there's no action noise or anything like that. Everything's going out the front and it also keeps it just that much smaller and that much lighter as a kind of overall package. Very nice. All right, guys, if you want to check out what we're talking about, go to liveqordie.com. Tactic Talk, discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. So, Ivan, you wanted to talk about the Prometheus Design Works Shadow 24L pack. Uh, yeah, it is. And, Sorry, go that ahead. Is, that is definitely kind of a mouthful. That's why I was like, uh, we'll just talk about it when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, no. And the whole shadow, it's an acronym. It's S-H-A-D-O, standing for Suspension Hall Access Durability Organized, which is even bigger mouthful. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I've done some work with Prometheus Design Works in the past. I, I've been familiar with their work for a while. Patrick Ma, kind of the uh, one of the lead designers over there, one of the owners of it, he was with and started Triple Ot Design, Tad Gear, back in the day. And he ended up leaving there and starting Prometheus Design Works. And just really, really well thought out stuff. And kind of all their stuff is, it's adventure gear. I mean, it kind of, it's this weird bridge between kind of outdoor gear, tactical gear, kind of like this blending of, blending of lines. And yeah, I just got my hands on this new pack and it's pretty amazing. Like I'm really stoked on it. Yeah, I'm looking at it online, and it definitely seems like it's well-made. Lots of pockets. I know that when you came to New Hampshire, you were able to fit so many things in your bag. And I don't know if it was this bag that you had, but I just remember thinking that you packed really well because I couldn't believe all the stuff that you were just pulling out of your bag. And I'm like, wow, I wish I packed that well because I had to bring like three suitcases. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, And I mean, part of it comes down to being able to just kind of manage different things as far as like, Hey, like here's where the hard drives are going to be, or here's where power management stuff is going to be. And the way this pack is set up kind of regardless of whatever you want to be doing, there's a lot of internal organization built into it to include essentially this kind of big placard card that you can actually draw straight out of the pack and one side of it, there's some like laser cut, essentially Molly compatible grid on it. Mm-hmm. So you can put any pouches you want on there. And then the other side is clear mesh. So you can visually see what's in there. Uh, I actually have the mesh side of it loaded with a bunch of first aid stuff. Cause it's one of those where 
kind of always good to have some first aid supplies and especially that where you can, yeah, yeah, like you can pull it out and you can see it like top pouch is all full of uh, pressure dressings and stuff like that. And yeah, it's really, it's really well laid out. I actually traveled with this pack going back to the uh, shooter symposium. And when I travel, I'll have some sort of backpack I take with me and it'll kind of have all the stuff I have to have and a few things I want to have. And largely it's related to work. So like laptop, things along those lines, and then hard drives, hard management stuff. And then also the ability to yeah have some sort of warming layer too, like regardless of the time of year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, lots of room for kind of expansion and places where you can kind of keep all that stuff in this pack. Is it orange inside? It is orange inside. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that because their website is down right now. And so I'm just searching images, but that's kind of nice because I'm sure with that color background, your stuff kind of sticks out a little bit better where you can see everything. It does. And it's funny because some people get wrapped up and like, oh man, like that's not tactical. It's like, okay, first of all, like where are you using this? Right. Like, be honest with yourself. But like, I can't go hunting with this bag. No. <laughs> right. Well, you can. You just turn it inside out and now it's Hunter Orange. Like, done. But uh, no, it's pretty cool. And one of the other cool things about it is, which I haven't even got to the point of playing with it, is how scalable it is too. Like there's actually a legitimate like waist belt built into it that you can remove. And so rather than some packs where it's kind of an afterthought, it's like, hey, look, here's this waist belt, which really doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. This one's actually like it's legit and it's made in a way that you can attach other stuff to it, whether it's like outdoor research makes like pouches to where like hold an algae bottle or things along those lines. But also the way it's constructed, you can actually run like a holster off of the belt. It's really cool. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to putting in more time with it. It's just, uh, it's really, really well thought out, which is pretty cool. I mean, and you don't, you don't often see like lots of times people be like, Oh, cool. We made a new backpack and it's like we changed the color path. It's like, okay, cool. Whatever. Yeah, it definitely looks like a nice backpack. It's, well, I don't know. I want to say it's kind of, I think it's a little expensive. I think it retails for $198. But if you think about other bags out there on the market, and how many times do you often buy a backpack and you're like, oh, this isn't really what I want. You know, it's not really fulfilling my needs. And then you end up buying another bag. And if you look at it in that way, you know, you might as well just spend the money and buy what you want. The other thing with the cost, though, too, which it's funny because everyone's chasing the bottom and then it's like, well, like, yeah, you bought a cheap pack and now you have a cheap pack Uh and like it won't last. I mean, the pack I was using until I got this was a was was a Arcteryx. I can't remember the name of it. And it's still going like I bought it in like 2010, like still using it. I mean, if you buy good stuff, like it'll last into that. And also the quality materials that Prometheus Design Works uses, really high quality, like all the stitching, everything like that, really high quality. And 
it's made here in the U.S. Like this is stitched in the East Bay, like over in like Oakland and stuff like that. Very nice. Versus like not that you can't have something well made from like China or the Philippines, but yeah, I mean, if something's made in the U.S., like you will pay a premium because it's not made in the sweatshop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. If you guys want to check that out, it is Prometheus Design Works. So that's P-R-O-M-E-T-H-E-U-S Design and then W-E-R-X.com. All right, time for iTunes reviews. Uh, I noticed you guys are starting to write more iTunes reviews. Thank you. I really appreciate it. If you guys aren't a fan of iTunes, just go to Facebook, Gun Funny Facebook page, leave us a review for a chance to win a prize pack. Or also maybe you just really enjoy the show and you want to help us out, but it kind of helps to kind of put us on the map and uh, and have listeners find us. So today's reviews, the first is from 12OH underscore one five stars ava for president 2020 love the show (laughs) okay (laughs) maybe uh okay ivan you don't laugh at my jokes at all (laughs) i was smiling if that counts uh the second one it just it's like makes me like so much mockery i'm like (laughs) and then you don't laugh and i'm like okay All right. The second review is from D-L-A-U-B-E, five stars, one of my favorites. Love this show now. But when I first found this show, I didn't like it at all. I couldn't handle the choppiness of the layout of the show. It felt too discombobulated, but I stuck with it and and listened to every episode. And before long, I started to love it for what it is, a conversation between friends. And now I can't get enough of listening to my friends talk about guns. All right. So Ivan, out of those two, Choose a lucky winner. Um, I'm going to go with the second one. All right. Because like, good on them. They're like, I don't like this, but I'm going to stick it out. Yeah. <laughs> and then they did, and they're like, you know what? I actually really appreciate this. And they found out why they liked it. Good on yeah. them. Yeah, I hear you. It's crazy, too, because like, usually if I don't like something, I'm just like, okay, I don't like it. Moving on. So, yeah, thanks for thanks for sticking out and uh, and listening. All right, we are going to wrap up. So guys, go to gunfunny.com. You can find links to everything. Even if you're just going shopping like at Brownells or uh, Palmetto State Armory or Sportsman's Guide, we have affiliate links. So just go to gunfunny.com forward slash support us and we actually get a percentage of any of the sales. It's a really great way to give back to the show and basically buy what you need um, without really having to do too much. We also have links to all of the other, like our social media, my new YouTube page. And if you guys can't get enough of us, think about becoming a Patreon. So a dollar gets you access to our Patreon-only Facebook group, which is a ton of fun. I mean, there's always funny stuff being posted there every day, but really enjoy everybody in the Patreon group. And it definitely brings a lot of smiles to my face throughout the day. Uh, $5 gets you entered into a monthly raffle to win cool stuff. I just gave, a, gave away a click belt yesterday to a lucky Patreon. And then there's a bunch of different other levels. So right now we have our $25 Patreons, which means that I will say your name on the show. And those people are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, 
Charger Arms, Ryan Morrison, Kevin Brittingham, Michael Alexio, and Silencer Shop. And because of your guys' pledge, it helps basically to like afford an editor, Kenny Ortega. He is our uh, editor and he does an awesome job. And, uh, and then, you know, camera equipment, uh, internet, you name it. It kind of just, everything goes back into the show. And then our king of the Patreon is Jon Snow. And he wants me to say, contrary to popular belief, Chuck Norris is actually afraid of one thing, Operator Tickles. And we do have Operator Tickle patches now on the website at gunfunny.com. <laughs> All right. And then one last giveaway. So Tag Pack giveaway. Every month we're giving away a Tag Pack. In order to enter the drawing, just go to gunfunny.com forward slash TP and you have a chance to win a box. Otherwise, if you want to just go straight there and get your box, go to tagpack.com, use the code GUNFUNNY, and that gets you a free SOG tool with your first box. And uh, Ivan, thank you so much for joining me today and spending time. Just remind listeners once again where they can find you. Yeah, thank you again for having me. And yeah, if you want to check out my content, put out about three videos a week over at kitbadger.com or over on my YouTube channel, obviously by the same name, Kit Badger. Okay, cool. All right, well, thank you so much, and we're out of here. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.